Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all-new Rate Shield approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield approval is a real game changer, and here's why. First, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. But here's the crucial part: if rates go up, your rate stays the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com/fool. It's Monday, September 24th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we have Motley Fool analyst Matt Argersinger. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Matt. For a Monday, for I'm a Monday, doing pretty good. After the Pats lost the New England Patriots, yeah, that right? Was, that was disappointing. They looked really bad. Yeah, but I, uh, you know, like I like I've said in the past, it's been an embarrassment of riches as a Patriots fan. So you've I, had a good run. I can't I can't really expect more, can I? So no. No, you've I'm, had a good run. I'm fine. And Tom Brady's like, what, 73 years old yeah. now? I mean, he's going to play to like 75, 76. Yeah, so there's he, a few more years. He's made a deal with the devil. I don't know <laughs> what's going on with him, but man, clean living, I guess. It is extraordinary. Okay, so on today's show, we're going to talk legroom and baggage fees, and we're going to talk some Comcast and some Disney. But Matt, let's begin with the big deal of the day. SiriusXM is buying Pandora in a $3.5 billion all-stock deal. Now, Matt, SiriusXM already owned 15% of Pandora, so now they're just buying up the rest. Shareholders not too fired up. SiriusXM shares down around 8% at the time of our taping. Now, you're a Pandora shareholder. How are you feeling? I I don't know how I'm supposed to feel, Mac. <laughs> it's been a long, tough several years for Pandora. I've been a shareholder for, for several years now, and um, I, I kind of you kind of knew the potential for this was was real just because SiriusXM had the minority stake. There was always talk about them buying up the rest and kind of merging the companies. Uh, this is really, as a Pandora shareholder, I feel like this is just the end of a kind of a sad story, and and at least I have an end to it now. Um, it's a sad song. If and, it were a song, right? And the question is, since it's an all stock deal, how excited I am I about owning SiriusXM shares? And uh, I'm. I guess I'm somewhat more excited if I'm a Pandora shareholder and, and going into SiriusXM. I mean, so you have SiriusXM, 36 million paid subscribers. It's a pretty successful business, and we talked about it before the show. I mean, a business that was really close to death. What did it trade for? Love the service. It got down to around 11 cents in 2009. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So it was a penny so, stock, right? Oh, it was the very definition of a penny stock, and it was. I know it was loaded down with debt, but it's it's come back and it's very successful. And one of the reasons is because it's it's really. It's got those long-standing relationships with the the car manufacturers, and so generally, if you buy um, you buy or rent a car these days, it comes you have the option of getting SiriusXM, and it's proving to be a very popular option. Uh, you get it for free, kind of for a first trial period, and then convert. You know, a lot of uh, users are converting to it; they like it. I like it. I actually have SiriusXM on one of my cars. So you have the 36 million paid subscribers for Sirius, and then you have 70 million active monthly active users for Pandora. And I think the idea is for Sirius, if we can get those a good portion of those 70 million active users. Now I know Pandora already has six million paying subscribers, but I think what they're really going after is how many of those active users that are just listening to Pandora for free with ads. How many can can we convert to a paid subscription in a combined SiriusXM Pandora app? Um, I think they're you know I think they think given the amount of Library that we have in Pandora, but then combining with Sirius, which has, of course, sports and comedy and live events and music, 
it could be a pretty compelling product, one that could might compete with the likes of Spotify, Apple, Amazon, some of those massive platforms. They're obviously big competitive threats. Okay, so let's talk about that a bit more. And you mentioned the stock. Let's round that out. The um, SiriusXM shares trade for north of six dollars now. So eleven cents in two thousand nine to north of six dollars. <laughs> I remember talking to our very own Steve Broido, who who bought the shares when they were a penny stock of SiriusXM, and I remember thinking, that's crazy. And typically. Normally it is right. Most penny stocks oh go, go to zero. Ninety-nine out of a hundred. Okay, yeah. so this is the exception to the rule. Very big exception. But I think I think when you look back at SiriusXM, one clear differentiator in terms of their programming, Howard Stern, right? Oh, and, sure. And I think you could you could very much make the argument that Howard Stern single-handedly saved this company. Yes, and they paid him hundreds of millions of dollars to do it. And it was a great investment, right? Well, yeah, it was. But Howard is going to retire at some point, and obviously they'll have that content for a certain number of years and they can replay that content just like they replay Casey Kasem. I listen to the top 40 from like the 70s. That's my guilty pleasure <laughs> on the weekends. But like going forward, if Howard's not in the picture, going forward, what is SiriusXM's special sauce when they're competing with the likes of an Apple or a Spotify? Well, it's going to be tough, um, but I think the the deal here is as as Sirius and Pandora, they face tremendous royalty costs for artists, to labels, to to art, to comedians, and things like that. Um, if you scale that out, so in other words, you combine these two fairly rich libraries of content, um, and you really streamline your costs because now you're spreading your costs over a much larger subscriber base. Um, I think they can have a pretty compelling offer. I mean. Especially when you when you link it to the I think the cars or you yeah. know the, the people who are on the go um, and where radio is just not a great option and you don't you know it, it can be a really compelling option. So now if I combine that with my with my Pandora music, it's something I think a lot of users are willing to pay for. And and really to make this deal work, you really don't need a huge percentage of that seventy million active user base in Pandora to convert over um, before it starts looking like a, a good deal. Okay, well, Matt, let's talk about another big deal. On Saturday, Comcast offering $39 billion for Sky, topping the bid from rival 21st Century Fox. Now, Matt, this isn't a done deal yet. It's going to get a little messy because you consider that Disney owns 39% of Sky through Fox. Yeah. Through Fox. So now Comcast now has to deal with Disney. And when you look at what it might mean for investors, shares of Comcast down today around 7%. Shares of Disney up two percent. I think that tells really the whole story. <laughs> I think. I mean, you have to go back. This this all started. You got to go back to December two thousand sixteen, when Fox originally bid to acquire the sixty one percent of Sky it didn't already own. And this is before you know Disney and Comcast got into a war over Fox. This is before Comcast even jumped into the bid for Sky. Um, but here we are today. Comcast has outbid Fox, which is now soon to be owned by Disney. Um, and they're paying a huge premium. If you look back to the original deal that Fox, it was somewhere somewhere around eleven pounds. They, they were, Fox was originally going to pay for Sky back in December two thousand sixteen. I think Comcast is paying around seventeen pounds, seventeen thirty or something like that. A sixty one percent premium from what for Sky shareholders. So it's been a good run for them. Um, but what that does, and the reason I think Comcast is down and Disney is up, is because one, Comcast is paying a huge premium. But if you're from Disney's perspective. You own this 39% of Sky through Fox that now is valued at around $15 billion. And all in, you know, I believe that Disney's going to look to offload that to Comcast, probably around that, that level. So now Disney gets $15 billion through uh, this Sky deal. 
that's that's helpful. It pays down a lot of debt. But now I think Comcast is in a position, and we talked about this before the show, which I think is key. The thirty percent of Hulu that they own, Disney and Fox own sixty percent. Comcast owns thirty. AT and T's out here with ten percent. But now maybe as part of giving up that thirty nine percent of Sky that Disney owns. In addition, in addition to cash, they're probably going to want Hulu, that 30% Hulu stake. And so they have 90% of Hulu then. Uh, now, I don't think Comcast is going to hold on to 30% of Hulu if they know that Fox, sorry, that Disney and Fox own a 60% majority stake. They're running the bus. Why would they hold on? So, in a way, Disney, at the end of the day, Disney gets, is getting a lot more cash than they thought, potentially for Sky. Um, they're getting probably a 90% stake in Hulu. Disney's looking pretty good. Comcast, on the other hand, has now paid a huge premium for what is effectively an, another cable company. I know it's a satellite business, set top box operator, but they're essentially paying the same for the same business, just in an international setting. It's got some great assets, got some good content, but Comcast just paid a lot for acquiring essentially an international asset that looks very much like what they have in the United States. Disney is now more has more cash. Is focused on its core content, focused on its own distribution. It doesn't really ultimately need Sky. It doesn't need more international distribution. It's going to have its distribution through its apps, through the ESPN Plus app, through the Disney app, and now through Hulu, where they have the vast majority stake in now. I'm a Disney shareholder, so I should be pretty excited because it sounds like Comcast may have overpaid here, and 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 if Disney plays this right, they still may keep Hulu. Yes, and so I, I think Disney comes out of this feeling pretty good. They didn't. They didn't. They're not paying a huge premium for Sky. They just finished paying a huge premium for Fox, and the deal hasn't even gone through yet. They've let get Comcast have those assets. Disney gets what they ultimately want, which is a lot of cash to pay down some debt. Hulu, and they're off to the races. And Comcast can deal with this, the integrating Sky. Uh, for the next several years. Okay, well, support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Let's talk about buying a home for a minute. Because of rising interest rates, there is a lot of unpredictability when it comes to buying a home these days. It's causing a lot of anxiety. Well, our friends at Quicken Loans are doing something about that. They're calling it the power buying process. Here's how it works. Quicken Loans will verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer. Then, once you're verified, you qualify for their all-new exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, they'll lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. Now, here's the best part, Matt. If rates go up, your rate stays the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops. Either way, you win. How do you feel about win-win situations? I love win-win situations. You're in favor of win-win. I am in favor. Plus plus one. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLS Consumer Access dot org number 3030. Okay, Matt, let's close with the sexy world of FAA reauthorization legislation. <laughs> I want to talk airlines because we had a bill this Saturday to reauthorize the FAA. Um, and a few interesting things here. Now, the bill is going to require the FAA to set minimum dimensions for seats. So, for me, most interestingly, legroom, right? Oh, yeah. Because the legroom's just getting just ridiculous oh, on it airlines. Is. It is. I, okay. I'm, I'm glad they're. Well, it'll be interesting to see what. They determine a standard human. It, you know, oh yeah, is like what are the dimensions? I haven't I haven't read the report, but you know, hopefully it's relatively comfortable for someone as 
big as six. What are you? Six, six foot, one, six, six one, six foot yeah, two, but you know. shrinking. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like it's just gotten really tight. So that's good. The so they're gonna have years. like minimum width and leg room, and so all that good stuff. That's a win. And they're gonna be other passenger protections, which which is a win. But one thing that's really making news is that there was language in the legislation to to mandate quote reasonable and proportional baggage and change fees. That language has now been removed. So, you're a guy who follows the airlines, you follow airline stocks. This bill, there's there's going to be nothing in this bill holding the airlines back from just charging fees on baggage and charging all these additional fees. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? What is that? Well, if you're, you know, obviously if you're an airline executive, this is great news because over the last certainly over the last decade, I mean, you and I have seen it, we travel the, the the proliferation of fees for all kinds of things, um, but it's certainly for baggage fees. Baggage fees have become a staple, kind of like table stakes for traveling. You know you're gonna, you know they're coming, um, and the fact that airlines have kind of been free to set their own rates, and I know a bunch of them just recently raised their their baggage fees. Um, the the idea that Congress uh, was going to try to control that, um, you know, and kind of hurt airlines' pricing power, that was that was troubling. I mean, as a kind of a free market guy, I, I don't want that. Now, as a passenger, I'm saying, well, I don't want to pay more fees, but you know, I, I certainly understand um, an airline's you know ability to charge what they want to charge, but for what they think the service is worth, and it's my you know choice as a consumer to pay it or not. Um, but I'm glad the government's not kind of messing with that. Um, as a shareholder of Delta, for example, I'm glad that they can kind of set their own rates and compete with other airlines on those fees. Um, now, I will point out that. Revenue from baggage and reservation fees for the airline industry as a whole, $7.5 billion in 2017. So that's a big number. So the idea that that growth, you know, the growth of that number or the amount of that number could be regulated was troubling because it's a big piece of airline revenue now. So I'm glad that's kind of out of the hands of the government. And, you know, that as a shareholder, if you're interested in airlines, that's certainly good news. And in terms of airlines, um, I know in the past Delta has been one of your favorites. Do you have a favorite airline stock right now? It is, it's still Delta, just because I, you know, for a lot of reasons, uh, competitively from a margin standpoint, they just seem like a great operator. They have the best balance sheet, investment grade balance sheet of all the airlines, um, and uh, I just again, but it's it's just as cheap as all the other airline stocks. So I feel like you haven't. Uh, one the the jewel what you say even even compared to Southwest which I know a lot of investors tend to favor I, Delta seems like the better operator um, and it's a much cheaper stock. Okay, well speaking of stocks, let me hit you with my totally unfair you should not invest this way arbitrary desert island poll. <laughs> Let's put a few of the names in play that we've talked about. If you're on a desert island, Matt, for the next five years you can only own one of these stocks: SiriusXM, Comcast, Disney, or Delta. Ah, oh, for five years, that's tricky. You know, if you, and we should say that you own Pandora, so you're going to end up I'm owning own Sirius them, XM. Potentially, I'm going to end up owning Sirius XM. So, uh, you know, if I if, if you told me if you said the, the I was stuck on this desert island for forever, I might say Disney. But since you said five years, um, and just because I think the the valuation is so compelling right now, I'm going to go with Delta. 
Wow. Yeah. Bullish on an airline stock. Bullish on airline. You heard it here first. Okay, (laughs) Matt, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Matt. If you have questions or comments about the show, or if you just want to weigh in on our Desert Island poll, marketfoolery at fool.com is our email. Marketfoolery at fool.com. Thanks for joining us. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.